the same thing is true in finance, right? If you help people get what they want, you can have whatever you want. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Steik, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. Yes. How are we doing today? Dude, we're doing fantastic. I had an unbelievable coaching call with Anna. Yes, today. the winner of our the winner stay paid of our stay contest. paid contest, and you know it just got me fired up. And one of the things that I was telling her that I think so many people fall down in marketing when it comes to this is that man, there is just no magic bullet. And I was telling her that with your email marketing or with your mailing through the you know direct mail or whatever it is, don't get disappointed if your open rates aren't exactly where you want them to be because. If someone would have figured out the perfect email to send, we'd Everyone all be, be sending it right now. That and then email. guess what? It would it not be perfect anymore. anymore. <laughs> so, so literally I tried to, I was explaining to her and I could tell there was like the epiphany going off. Or at least I felt it was the epiphany going off on her side of just like, yeah, yeah. Why am I thinking of marketing and the products that I buy through a lens of I'm searching for the actual right thing to, you know, from a magic formula standpoint, instead of just thinking about it in terms of, Hey, it's holistic. How many times can I get in front of people? And I explained to her, Tom Ferry, we had him on the podcast, right? Yep. And he talks about consistency. When you're consistently in front of people with marketing and events and things that you're doing, it breeds this familiarity. So it makes you familiar to people. Yeah. And that familiarity is what ends up breeding trust. And trust is what makes people actually want to use you. And so I was telling her everything you do that we're helping her with, the magazines, the emails, all these things, we're trying to get you into this position of trust so your friends and family think of you. So yeah. it, I, it's got me excited. You can tell. It's yeah. got me excited. I, no, I wanted to keep going on the phone call. I was scheduled for half hour, 45 minutes in. I'm like, I, I better let you go, Anna. <laughs> No, that's amazing. And we have an amazing guest here today with us. His name is, uh, yeah, with us. <laughs> yeah, with us. I don't know why that's Virtually weird. with us. Virtually with us. Yeah. Yes. His name is Adam Holt. He is the CEO and founder of Asset Map, which is one of the fastest growing companies in the fintech space right now. They are replacing the long research packed reports typically prepared for clients by their FAs with a succinct visual layout to help clients better visualize their financial portfolio. In addition to founding Asset Map, Adam has also built a successful 20-year career as a financial advisor, during which time he built his wealth management firm to over $1 billion. That has a B in it. That's a B. $1 billion in assets under management. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, Thank Adam, you. it's awesome to have you, man, on the show. So I want you to tell a little bit of your story as we begin here. So we always ask the guests to, you know, that are coming on, you obviously, you've started a successful company. But before that, your financial advisor still are and have a billion under management. Can you share a little bit to the audience of your background, what got you into financial advising, what then led you to creating Asset Map? And then I'm, I'm excited to dive into this whole topic of communication and clarity of communication to your clients. But tell a little bit about your story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was happy to hear more about your coaching call because I'm thinking I can learn something right here. <laughs> So thanks for sharing. Yeah, my story is interesting. You know, if, if my mom was listening, I think she would tell me, like, start at the beginning, son. She'd say, go back. <laughs> You're not going to get a clear view. But I, I think the real interesting thing about 20 some years ago, I got into 
I decided to change careers as a 24-year-old, decided I didn't want to work for the government anymore. Uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And someone who convinced me I should become a financial advisor. And uh, so I quickly got a job at a local firm. I realized I was a life insurance agent. Um, I ran with it. And uh, I learned to really love the life insurance business, tried to become a financial planner, got into investment management. Um, really struggled, I think, like most people. I never had a natural market. I did not come from Philadelphia, where we are now. Um, didn't have parents that had network. Uh, so, you know, we were scrappy in those days. Mm. And we tried to figure it out. And I found that by doing financial planning for people and leading with advice instead of product, I got much better responses. And, you know, fast forward. A bunch of years later, I found that I was doing a predominant amount of work in financial planning. And now that meant you're using needs analysis to show you need to save this. You need to insure this. And there was great logic behind it. But gosh, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. You know, when, when you go to see a financial planner these days, you know, you're getting inundated with a whole bunch of material. Right? Mm-hmm. You're getting 50, 60, 80 page reports for an advisor, you know, that takes a lot of work to put together. And you realize, you know, everybody's got learned ADD, right? Attention disorder on steroids because you just need it to compete today. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to read this stuff. So, you know, I, it lacked something that I think you guys really touch on well, which is this idea of relevance, right? It, it didn't really speak to the people who were receiving it. And I found I had to summarize it all the time. But so I used my artistic background. I'd always been involved in art and architecture. And so I actually, I started drawing these pictures, these pictograms almost of what was going on in people's lives. I tell them, you know, this stuff's over here and this stuff is over there. And, and I found myself, guys, literally saying, you know what, this is kind of like your financial closet, right? All of us have a wardrobe at home, right? With a bunch of junk in it. And some of us, you know, occasionally we'll look in there and, we, you know, we really use like the same clothes all the time, right? And I, and I look at you guys, you probably wear those clothes all the time, right? Dude, right. I wear, I wear this, yeah, literally all the time. Right? These are clearly your favorite Like jeans, everybody right? knows too, the shoes. I never have a different pair of shoes on. It's always the same too. <laughs> exactly, right? So I'm the same. I mean, all my clothes say asset map on it now because I don't want to think, right? Right. Um, but the funny thing about it is that, you know, when you think about our, our closet, just like our financial closet, Right? Think about yourself if you're listening, right? All of us have a bunch of stuff in that closet. If you were to take all your clothes out and dump it on the bed and you had somebody there with you, you probably wouldn't put all that stuff back in the closet, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it doesn't fit. Some of it is not in fashion. It's not coming back. <laughs> Honey, throw it out. It's got holes in it, okay? <laughs> but because we never have anybody holding us accountable to our personal closet because it's protected, that's our space. We never are really honest about what belongs, what doesn't belong, what's missing, what doesn't fit. And I found that if I was able to just pull out everything and what's going on in someone's financial closet, dump it on the table and be honest about it and say, wait a minute, we're missing this. Have you thought about this? What about this? What about what this is doesn't? Not, let's get rid of this. Let's donate it and replace it with something that fits. And I found if I could do that visually, all of a sudden people's eyes lit up. And they got engaged and they became part of it. And they actually wanted to fix it. And they found they had a framework. So I used this process, which I eventually called Asset Map, to grow my own firm. And I kept it kind of as our secret sauce for many years. We started working with wealthier and wealthier clients who kept saying, I want the map. Like, forget all your reports. Just give us the map. Because I can take it home. I can talk to my kids. I can talk to my spouse. Talk to my trustee, my lawyer. Use it as an estate document. It is literally a treasure map of my financial junk. 
Mm. And believe me, for wealthier people, it gets really complicated, right? So it's hard to keep a handle. And then we tried it with other people that, that had just started the business. They're like, I need the map. And it became addictive. It was really kind of interesting. So in about 2012, I actually showed this to a couple of other advisors on a, um, on a best practice share, kind of like this, right? I was sharing with my peers and saying, this is what I'm doing. And lo and behold, 20 guys said, can we use this? We're doing the same thing on a yellow pad, piece of paper. You remember those Draw yellow pictures. legal pads, man? Yeah. yeah. They were drawing these things on, on scratch books, on, on the whiteboards. I said, you can do it all digitally, literally live, same screen, share the screen. We can build it together. And we have like a Lego project we're working on together. I'd be like, I'll use it. And that grew from 20 advisors back in 2012 to about 4,000 advisors now around the world. Wow. Multiple currencies, different languages. Um, it's becoming a thing. And it's funny to me because, and the reason I share it with such gusto is that it's amazing to me when you make things simple, when you make things consumable, it doesn't matter your level of expertise or technical acumen. You, you can absorb it and you can get involved in it. And that's really the challenge that I realized we're, start, we're starting to solve is, is how do we get people engaged in taking care of themselves so they can make better decisions and actually deliver what they hired us for, which is to make better decisions. But, so I, I hope that rounds it out. But that's, it's kind of interesting to see how this thing keeps playing out uh, and who really, who really is supported by it. Yeah. No, that's, that's Dude, what an incredible <laughs> analogy of the closet. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. The ability to paint the picture yeah. and kind of help someone see uh, not only in the product itself, but actually explaining the story of it. It's like, I'm just, I'm engaged. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, seriously, it's like, it. I want to see my, my closet, my financial <laughs> closet right now through this. No, I or think you you're hitting that. on some, no, I mean, I think you're hitting on some really, really critical stuff that I think a lot of our audience suffers from which is this, how do we communicate complex concepts, but not only complex concepts, a multitude of different dynamics that play in to it and, yeah. and deliver it in a way that's one, digestible, and two, actionable. And I think that's where it falls down. And I had just shared on another podcast uh, that Josh and I were on that it's like, it's crazy for the consumer because I'm a consumer and I've had a lot of financial advisors try to network with me and prospect me and all this stuff. And I've, I've ended up going a little bit with a friend of mine and he got me not based upon his secret investing strategy, right? Or anything like that. He got me because of the relationship. Like he got me because he was able to communicate with me and be the guy that I have a beer with. And I like the Philadelphia Sixers with and all this stuff. And it's just like being able to communicate well to clients is so critical in all aspects of lead generation and client nurturing, client follow-up, retaining that client. It's just crazy. All right, it's true. I, I love the fact you, you, you hit her right on the head, right? So, you know, a lot of people said that we were kind of in this information age and maybe now we're in this communication age. I, I happen to think that we're moving to the point of action and decision. People like think they can communicate on their own. They can do things very quickly. They can research the solutions. But I think we're seeing a couple things, especially with advice. And if there are advisors and financial professionals that are listening to this, I think it's really critical you understand that, that when most people have to make decisions, especially financial decisions, there's usually two problems, two barriers. One is, is that financial decisions tend to be complicated. Sometimes they're simple, right? Simple things like opening up a bank account. Eh, okay. 
maybe as I get into life insurance, starts to get a little more complicated. Oh, I'm starting to make tax decisions, legal decisions, structural decisions, investing long-term. They start to get complicated, right? The other, uh, if you would imagine this in your mind's eye, if that was the y-axis up and down, right? So as you get further away from the center, it gets really complicated versus the cost of being wrong, right? As the cost of being wrong for this decision increases, I tend to want a human. So when there's when I'm making decisions that are really complex and I'm also there's a high cost of being wrong, I get stuck. Most people get paralyzed. Mm. And so what we've seen is that that direct technology for consumers, like go and do it yourself, go buy online, do it, you know, get a credit card, start a savings account, go to one of these uh, automated uh, robo advisors, right? Those are easy to do. There's a low cost of being wrong. But once I get into a space where there's other people depending upon me, like my family, my kids, my parents, right? Dependencies. And I can't mess this up. Like there's no one to apologize and take the blame but me. I'm going to tend to want a trusted resource. Notice I didn't say credible. Okay. You just made a comment and it's no disparagement to your friend, but people tend to want to work with people who either understand their predicament. And so the thing to take away from that, if you're in financial professional advice is that find a way to deliver the three value propositions that all consumers are looking for from their advisors. You ready for it? Yep. Write this down if you're listening. Number one, all customers expect, consciously or subconsciously, that you know them, that you know them. You know what matters. You know what they care about. You understand what's going on in their world. Number two, you got to prove that you know their situation. You clearly understand where they are on the map, if you will. And number three, you got to know their options, not not know one option, which is the option that I get paid at. <laughs> you got to know their options, right? And then, of course, if you have a compelling argument why that one option is better, then make that option, but don't do it in absence, right? If Google only gave you one result, would it be effective? Mm. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be effective. Is it effective over 10? No. <laughs> it's probably not even effective over three, okay? In fact, if there was a search engine that actually just had three results, I think I would use that. <laughs> okay. Give me the top three results because obviously I didn't search well enough if I can't answer it in the first three. Yeah, Isn't so that true? Good. Yeah. So it addresses something really important. If we actually sell from the perspective of, I don't know you, I don't give a hoot about your situation, and you got one option with me, that is going to die in the vine. That's not consultative selling or what we're tending to call advice-led sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? There's a huge movement, which I think a lot of people mistake in the financial planning world or financial professional world, as everybody's got to be a financial planner now. No. Everybody has to lead with advice. Okay? Financial planning has been thrown around, unfortunately, way too much to the point where people don't even know what it is. Is that retirement planning? Is that like family planning? Is that estate planning? What is that? No, you got to lead with advice for your niche specialty that you're focusing on. That is how you capture people. How do you prove it? You know the client, you know their situation, you know their options, and you can communicate all three coherently. In those cases, you know me, you have my trust. Now, do you have to be the most technically competent? No, but you deliver 10 times more than what most advisors actually think of delivering from an empathetic perspective. You get it, mm. right? Now, how, in God's name, do I prove that I know you? How do I do that? Mm. That's a tough question. 
Do you want a larger presence on social media? Of course you do, because that's where your audience is. Check out Reminder Media's newest product, Branded Posts, specially designed to increase your presence on social media without increasing your effort. Choose from thousands of already written blog posts on topics your clients care about, like real estate, travel, and recipes. And the best part is, these are branded with your photo and contact information and ready to be shared. Plus, every two weeks, we'll send to your list of contacts a personally branded email newsletter filled with recipes, stories, and ideas that they will love to get. Visit ReminderMedia.com posts to see our newest digital product and start dominating your social media. That's ReminderMedia.com posts. Take action on this today. No, man, I, you are so hitting the nail on the head. It reminds me of Gary Vee. Gary, I don't know if you follow Gary Vee at all or not, but he's huge on this EQ, this emotional intelligence, and he thinks it's the number one skill of today and, the, and really the future, that if you don't have a really high EQ, if you don't have empathy for where that person is at that you're talking to or understand that awareness, you're not going to be able to sell anything, let alone market to them or anything like that. And that's what we find here at Reminder Media, our own company, is that our whole business is built upon actually not connecting you based upon your option that you're offering, the product you're offering, your service you're offering. It's based upon connecting you to that client empathetically that, hey, you understand, I always used the analogy of my wife, that you understand, hey, Megan, she's a vegetarian, she loves to cook, she's a fitness guru person, and then also, she loves dogs and she loves animals and outdoors. I, I tell this to advisors, I tell this to real estate all the time, is guess what? You want to get to my wife in a way that will actually get her to have, you know, do business with you and stuff like that. Man, talk to her about those things. All of a sudden you've drawn her in and she's way more apt to engaging with you, listening to you and, and trusting you on what you offer from your options of her situation financially or anything like that. So I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Well, and I, I appreciate you sharing that about your, your own spouse because it is the most, the most intimate and closest analogies that we find are the ones that are most relatable. And it's why the closet analogy also tends to resonate with people because we all have that stuff. Yeah. In fact, I thought it was quite funny during this whole COVID situation that we're going through now in 2020, uh, you know, the same actual question was asked of the, finance, of the pantry, right? Think about that. Right when they were when they told us two three months ago that we may not be able to go to the supermarket, everybody went into their closet, their pantry, where <laughs> they keep the dry goods, and they're looking at the they're looking at the can and be like hot sauce. I can't eat this two years old hot sauce from my Texas trip. Like you know the, the stuff that's in there doesn't actually serve us. So I think the real opportunity is right now, especially for financial professionals, is to go in catalog what people are already doing, reveal it back to them and show them like, hey, you see these beans? They, they expired. Like, we shouldn't be eating these. Let's get rid of this and put some, what? Some potentially some vegan foods and some things that are not are going to support our, in our immune system, right? And all these other things. If I know that about your wife, I'm going to now design that closet around what serves her, what empowers her, what makes her feel good and feels like she's on the right track. And guess what? He's going to want to do that. Now, why do I say that analogy? Because the same thing is true in finance, right? <laughs> if you help people get what they want, you can have whatever you want, mm. right? If I came into your household and I said, listen, here's what your current financial closet looks like, your, your financial pantry. 
Notice you got this going on, this going on, this going on. You've got these assets. You've got these cash flows coming in. You got these liabilities and debts associated with your house. You bought these policies from your cousin a bunch of years ago. You don't know what you bought, right? You've got these people in your lives. You got the kids. You got the dogs. You've got, and I've got that visually all in front of us. We can't hide from the truth. Mm. Number one, I prove that I know you. This is the core of asset map. Here's your life, and I understand it enough so that I can communicate it back to you on one page, which typically took a spreadsheet and 80 darn yep. statements that are in the shredder. Okay. That, that, that's, those days are gone. Sorry. ADD kicked in and the squirrels are running across the street. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Besides, I got this Netflix show I want to watch, and you know, you're taking too much time. <laughs> So the point is, is that right, it was guys, ti- it was Tiger King, man. Tiger King. Oh, they wanted Tiger. to get that. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've watched more Netflix. Well, you guys know I do these paper projects now to keep myself from watching television. But I think that the, the key for this for financial professionals is is you got to find a way to prove that you know the client and give it back to them. Mm-hmm. in a way that now helps and empowers them to recognize, yes, this guy or this gal is actually listening to me. Mm. Right? Show me that you've got the EQ you were talking about, the, that, right? that, that emotional uh, intelligence, that empathetic approach that you actually listen to me. That you didn't just hear, oh, buy this product. Buy my product. Right? That does not work. And think about yourself. People don't want to be sold. They want to be engaged. And if they're engaged, they're going to buy. Yeah. Okay. That's the same thing Amazon learned, isn't it? Right. Show me all the stuff that's out there. Give me some good quality reflections on five stars, fast delivery. Cheap. Yep. I can return it if I'm not happy. Dude, it's so, it's so true. It even transcends financial services. If you think of the real estate agents out there, I think of when I bought a house a couple of years back, when they send you all the houses that, okay, you didn't like this house that they saw, so they send you the other ones. How important it is for that agent to send you houses for stuff that you actually wanted, not just what they obviously want to Here's give you. Here's a list of things right? in your price Because range, I remember, like, even my agent, and I love my agent, you know, Brian's awesome and everything like that, but it, it, it did get frustrating when they're sending you, it's like, man, you don't, I even, told him I didn't yeah, want you don't that. even understand what I'm looking for, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not like, I would never want to live over in that area or I would, I, I, we need three bedrooms, not two, like that type of idea. So you think of, I love that actionable tip of hearing what your clients want, but then showing back to them visually, literally that you just heard them. I think that's super applicable that everybody can implement in their business. Financial professionals, obviously using asset map and something like that. But I think that's actionable for everybody mm-hmm. listening to this is like, how do you show back to your customer that you just heard them, that you just heard what they wanted and you're showing them the stuff that they said they wanted, not what you are suggesting yeah. to them? Yeah, it's very true. And I mean, you think about that, too. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because not only is my mom a realtor, she's a top producing realtor. And I guess maybe I kind of learned some of these things from her. The validation you get when you show somebody that you listen to them, it gives them the opportunity to say, yes, you were listening or you missed this too. And that's the part where we take, we tend to take for granted. We think we heard, we go, we run, go do our business and spend a bunch of effort, whether it's in real estate, you know, looking at a bunch of houses for this, for these buyers or potentially the opposite for seller or for financial service. I think I heard what they said. They really want to focus on retirement 
But when you validate it and give it back to them, you have to be honest about it, right? Plus, there's very seldom that, that professionals get the opportunities to actually be proactive in advice. My mom, as an example, as a realtor, she does a very, an extraordinary fact-finding process. She finds out everything about you. She finds, for your wife, literally they would be out shopping together and they, you're right, they would be connected to the point where when I knew that my, my realtor called, she had the house, right? I've bought many properties over the years. She just calls me, it's like, I've got a house, where to go say it. I don't spend <laughs> properties. She knows what I want. She knows the parameters. She knows my expectations. She knows what my criteria is. She knows what I can afford. She knows the financing. She's prepped the entire thing. The thing is ready to sign. I walk in there. I like it. Five minutes away. That's it. You're right. This is, you're right. This is a good call. She's like, yeah, I already, here's all the paperwork. Want it? Done. Mm. In other words, her empathy for recognizing that I actually want more time back as a successful party. The one thing I can't buy mm. is time. Yeah. Don't take my time wasting it because you didn't listen up front. Mm. And the interesting thing about whether it's asset map or some other validation that you're giving your clients say, Hey, I listened to you. Is this correct? Is this what you're looking for? Now let me go. Right. Let me go run and let me go. Let me go get it done for you. Okay. I think this is, there's a higher level expectation. If you guys think about yourself with, and I think it's half subliminal, right? If I want to connect because I have five minutes of free time, I might go to Facebook and I might look at what a couple of friends I never talked to are doing. I don't know, I'll feel depressed about it. And that's good. I'll go back to my work. If I want to watch a movie, like the other night, I was like, I'm going to watch all the Avengers. And when I got the new Disney Plus and I, you know, and I was like, I want, I want to watch it in this order. I got it on demand, guys, right? Mm. On demand. I wanted this interesting um, vice because I'm working on a project with my kid. Right? I wanted to like glue a hexagon together. So I go on Amazon and I bought a vice that's specifically for bringing a hexagon together. Why? I don't know <laughs> who, why who knew they created those things. <laughs> I found it in 30 seconds and I got it delivered the other day. I have this hexagon. Anybody needs a hexagon vice? I got an extra one. <laughs> so, I'm sure we all have a, we have a, another analogy, right? We have a garage full of tools. We don't use either. Yep. Right? Yep. And so would give me a map of that, I would probably jump the whole thing. What's, what's the, whole, the whole point of that? We are in and conditioned for an on-demand empathetic economy. That means Netflix knows more about your needs and wants and desires than you do. Mm. Amazon knows more about your buying habits and what you're likely to buy next than you do. How can we take something from that as professionals and say, we know our customers? And we know what they should be asking for next. The interesting thing I've seen, guys, about financial advice, and I think also real estate, especially for real estate investors, when you're working with investors and realtors who have or are always aware of properties but may not have the buyer in hand, but have built a network of investors and they know what they want. Very powerful idea about, about the share. Most customers, especially people who have the ability to afford stuff, they want their professionals to bring ideas to the table. They want you to call them. In other words, if you're on this line, you, your clients want you to pick up the phone or email or whatever you're going to use and say, listen, I was thinking about you specifically, and I was thinking we never addressed X, Y, Z. Or I was thinking of this new technique I learned about, and I thought of you, so I thought I'd let you know. And I had no idea whether you're interested, but I just couldn't help but think this would be appropriate for you. 
Most of the clients that I learned that I worked with who had some significant net worth, business owners, real estate owners, people dealing with complexity, they're too busy. They want and expect their advisors to bring ideas to the table. So how do you do that without feeling like a salesman every time? I'm calling you because I got this great deal on life insurance. Like, <laughs> I'm going a great deal on life insurance, right? You just need to cover the mortgage this month. No, I got this great house that you need to buy. You know what I'm saying? We have to find a better approach. And here's one of the ways that we did it. We took an asset map. Imagine visually in your mind, a map, a visualization, stick figures in the middle of your life. You've got all your assets on it. You've got all your insurance policies on it. You've got all the people and entities you care about. You've got your debts, your houses, your cash flows, everything on one page. But now I'm going to sneak in there something that your peers have that you don't have. Think about that. What am I doing? Amazon did a great amount of business. In fact, increased their business many fold because they did one thing. Customers also people like there you go. You got it. People like you did what? They bought this other junk also. Yeah. Okay. In fact, the new thing that you're gonna buy is probably twice the price of the thing that you're gonna buy. (laughs) Right? Who else does that? Doesn't Netflix do this? People, People like you who watch this dumb movie, watch, watch this dumb movie, okay? <laughs> Next thing you know, you're five series deep. You don't even know what the heck you started watching it about. <laughs> you are hooked. The interesting thing about that is that the recipient, the consumer, loves this. They love it. Mm. Why? Because you were thoughtful enough to say, hey, you like this chocolate? You're going to love this chocolate, Right. And even though they're not, in the case of Netflix, they're not monetizing that, the same thing is true with financial advice, maybe even real estate. If people like you also bought this life insurance policy or this disability or long-term care policy, or people like you invested here just like you do, but they also did this and you don't have it, I kind of want to know about it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm engaged and I want to buy as opposed to you coming to me telling me, I need to buy this. Yeah, that's so good. I love that, man. You make that distinction? Yeah. Well, you could tie it even into like, you think of Netflix, they're not monetizing it. In real estate, you don't have to monetize. Meaning like, think of all your clients right now and of your clients, what do they tend to do? Do they tend to remodel their kitchens? Do they tend to do stuff with their landscaping? Do they tend to need a plumber? Do they, if they just moved into the area, people who just move into an area, what do they need? And, and almost like calling them and just saying, hey, people who tend to move into the area, they tend to want to know what the school districts are. They tend to want to know where the local park is, or they tend to want to know like activities. I, I don't, I mean, there's so many ways you can go with it that it is now a touch point that makes you have a relationship that builds that relationship, makes it stronger. And at the same time, gives you an opportunity to earn more business. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Now, we had a guest on the podcast, and I can't remember the name, unfortunately. I apologize to this guest, but they even said, like, the phraseology of what you're saying. Like, you're saying people also tend to, right? Versus when when presenting options, instead of presenting your options, say, well, most people do X. And that mm-hmm. little turn of phrase in and of itself makes them yeah, trust I think it was what Shaddy, you're offering Yeah, Shaddy uh, Bazzi, I want to say. I don't remember. <laughs> but thanks for pointing yeah. that out. Well, I, I'm, uh, Ariel, the producer, is giving me a thumbs up. And Andrea wants credit, too. So I'm going to give Andrea credit. Andrea well. got credit. Okay, Andrea. 
<laughs> oh man, dude, that, I mean, there is so much gold, man. I feel like we could keep going for hours, man. You are full of knowledge. Got to ask you this. You've had now two successful, maybe more that I don't know about, but two <laughs> really successful businesses. One is a super fast growing tech company. You're super successful. When you look at the routines in your life that you have implemented, like, are there things that you do that you look back and you go, yeah, yeah, these are the routines I stick to. This is what I do. And it drives success for me. Is there anything you would share there? That's a great question. Um, thanks for the accolade, although I tend to, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's mindset, frankly. And, and I've been so blessed, guys, to have the opportunity to feel like I'm always giving back and somehow it keeps coming back. So I tend to live from that principle, mm. right? Is always do the right thing by people and just keep giving twice the value and, you know, just, just, just crush expectations. That's just the way I, I don't know, I'm wired for it. In fact, it's hard because I also have that standard for people around me and it takes a certain breed to be around that too. But at the same time, there are there, I did realize a bunch of years ago, there was a specific uh, thing. We call it now the keystone habit. It's the one thing that we do every single week in our firm, no matter what. And it's around and it's around adding value to our clients' lives without being asked. And really what it is, is we basically commit every Tuesday morning, five households that are not in our normal queue or schedule get our attention. Nine o'clock in the morning, Tuesdays, five households on my desk in the form of an asset map, so five pieces of paper. And I look at their lives and I say, how can I make their life better? What can I bring to the table? What ideas can I bring to the table? And then I write it on there and I say, and I send it to them. I say, I was thinking about you. What about this idea? Wow. Or have you considered this? Every week. Now it creates an extraordinary amount of activity. When most people do something like this and they spend an hour investing in their existing clientele, guess what happens, guys? Do you find activity? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you don't find activity, do you find goodwill? Absolutely. Do you make sure that you connect with every single client over the course of a year? Yes. What do clients be complaints? The advisor doesn't reach out to me. I mm -hmm. never hear from them unless they want to sell me something. The point is to deliver value without being asked. That's how you stay relevant when you don't have time to talk about the dogs and the vegan stuff. You basically do what you're, what they meet the expectations of your clients. Prove that you know me, prove that you know my situation and you're bringing relevant options to the table, just like Amazon is doing without actually asking. And you're gonna become relevant in that, in that space, especially where financial decisions need to be made, where they're what? complicated and there's a high cost of being wrong. This is the space where us professionals need to live in. Real estate, thankfully, you know, has kind of stayed. There's some complexity there for a big purchase, mm -hmm. right? So you can add value uh, continuously in that process. Yeah. That. Let's so that's, create so raving fans. I mean, that's how you, that's how you start to generate raving fans. You know, if, uh, in that book, we just went through that book as a, as a management team, as a company really, and said one of the worst things you can have is silence. From your clients, silence is the absolute worst thing. You'd almost rather hear them complain because at least you would know how to. You know how they're to do alive, better. yeah. So making sure that you're reaching out, touching your uh, your entire database over the course of the year, doing it Tuesday mornings, nine a.m. Perfect example of being God, able to hear great. that from your clients. That's so good. I love that. All right, man. Last question for you. This one's a little bit deeper. 
I think he's going to struggle with this. I mean, yeah, he had yeah. trouble whenever no, we I'm asked I'm not worried, him. but I'm yeah, scared. Yeah. We have had people cry. I don't think we've really that was a, That was cry. me that one that time. That was Josh Luke, one time. Keep bringing it up. Yeah, that was when he emptied out his closet and he realized what was in there. <laughs> Nothing fits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So knowing what you know now, man, like what would you go back and tell that younger kid? Um, what would you tell your younger self? Think high school. And what advice would you give? Oh, high school you want to go back to? Yeah. Oh gosh, what advice would I get? Well, I definitely would say don't start a tech company. That's one thing. That's been the biggest money pit in the planet. <laughs> Had to really just commit and stick with it until it finally worked. Um, so it wasn't always a success. I'll tell you that. That was a lot of advice. A lot of people told me I should have just stayed in the advice business and just grown that business <laughs> because it is a beautiful business for those of you that are in the financial services business. It is unlike anything else. It gives you the ability to make a difference in people's lives and have the quality of life and time back with your family or your hobbies, whatever you want to pursue. So I'm so lucky to have been part of this business. And it's one of the things that I I try to be grateful all the time. Um, You know, what would I do differently? Um, I probably would have run harder. I would have pushed myself harder, frankly. (laughs) You know, I, that might sound strange because you guys don't know me, but um, I was also a collegiate athlete and, and, I, and I, was in the, I was on a rowing team in a Division I sport. And um, it was a really tough competitive thing. And, and I realized that the difference between the guys at the top of the team and not was really a choice. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't think I, I don't think I really realized that until after I had left the sport and graduated. And I I realized that it was all hard. It was decisions to push oneself past all of the bull that Mm. we tell ourselves. I can't pull harder. I can't run faster. I can't. It was like, I look back and like, I could have done it. I just didn't decide. It was one of the reasons why when I went back to do my business school, business degree, I decided that I knew I was capable of getting straight A's, but I just never tried. But now I had to prove it. Hmm. And I think the rest of my professional career, the last 20 years, has been proving it to myself. And I don't think I would have realized, and I don't think I realized that until to later. I, if I had realized it earlier, gosh, what could have been, right? <laughs> Dude, yes. I mean, that's the irony of like, of, of achieving something is that you're like, oh, why didn't I realize that? Just uh, 10 years yeah. earlier. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head, man. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. So much of it is just what you believe. Can mindset, always do man. one more. Change your man. mindset, change your life. Yeah. Can always, that, uh, Unfortunately, and, we all learned that. A little too late. Yeah. You no, know, no, <laughs> it's other, never too on late. On the wrong right? side it, of 30. The Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, didn't he start it at like 54 or something like that? Yeah. KFC. No, I don't think no, he was older than that, wasn't it? Was he older than that? Yeah. I don't know. I think he was. He was yeah. already retired from the Army. He's yeah. talking about Colonel Sanders. Uh, yeah. Colonel, I mean, that's crazy. Ed Milet, which I love. I, I follow Ed Milet a ton. I think he puts out great stuff. But that's been one of his philosophies. It's very similar is that he's always pushed himself. He goes, he calls it one more rep because yep. he loves working out. He goes in the yeah. gym. I commit it to. I would always do one more. He goes when. It, yep. He would always do that, and so he took that to business. And obviously, he's unbelievably successful. One more Same call. Thing. One more email. One more connection. Yep. So good though. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being here, uh, Adam, on the podcast. Before we close, let people know how they can connect with you and learn more about Asset Map. Absolutely sure. AssetMap.com with a hyphen. So Asset 
www.dashmap.com is our website. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or otherwise. Uh, and certainly be part of our community. If, you, if you're interested in growing, we're always doing uh, things to try to help elevate you know, the, bigger, the bigger picture here. So uh, yeah, happy to connect with people that, that are like-minded. So thanks guys for creating such a great venue and for you know always uh, helping lift everybody. That's really a cool thing. I'm happy to be part of it. No, we really appreciate it. It's great to meet up with you and, and to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, get all the resources and links that we mentioned, you can head on over to staypaidpodcast.com for the show notes. While there, you can also get the video for this episode. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, there are two ways that we ask you to do that. First, head on over to iTunes, drop us a five-star rating, leave a comment. Here is this week's featured review from Homes by Chrissy via Apple Podcast. She says, great info. Five stars. It's a quick one. Love the podcast and the info it provides. Lots to put into practice that is practical. Love that. So practical practice practical practice makes perfect <laughs> practitioners. Say that five times fast. I could have say it once, man. <laughs> or just do it. And the yeah, best just do it. Just one do more, it. Josh. One more. <laughs> and the best way is to tell a friend about the podcast and share this episode. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. You can also find us. We are on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And man, what an incredible action item we all have. I know what all of you guys should be doing on Tuesday. On Tuesday, which our episodes release on Monday. So on Tuesday, I want you to take five people and look at those people and go add value to their life. Give them a phone call. Give them something where you add value to their life. Be the Amazon that Adam is talking about for these five people in their database. One of the things that Josh and I coach here at Reminder Media is called the five for five. And it ties right in. It's connect with five people a day, spend five minutes with five people each day and connect on social text message, phone call through email, something to let them know, hey, I was thinking about you today and want to actually add value to your life. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have served in is top producers take action take action on that today.